1992, listener, and Fox has just released a teaser for the highly anticipated follow-up to James Cameron's Aliens, Alien 3. In 1979, we discovered in space, no one can hear you scream. In 1992, we will discover on Earth, everyone can hear you scream. What? Except that's not what happens. They don't even come to Earth. And the movie's a huge disappointment. Lame. How does this happen? We're going to find out. This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Matt Delhauer returns to the show with an entertaining recap of the movie and to help us find out what the fuck happened to Aliens 3. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Why? I don't know. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Yeah, what's up, listener? How's it hanging? Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jockin' Nerd! My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Joining us is the famed puppet of the Upper East Side of some dirty city. I don't know where, but we call him Rug Boy. Rugs, how's it going? I've been called a face hugger oh. and a chest burster for different reasons than what we're going to talk about Ew. today. You felty face, felty hugger. Also joining us, special guest, miss this guy. It's my favorite ginger geek, Matt Delhauer. What's up, Delhauer? Hello? How are you in my house? Get out of my house! <laughs> oh, so we are, hey, don't, we're social distancing. Don't rat us <laughs> out to the feds, man. I got a mask on and everything. Look, Delhauer, you are our second post-pandemic guest, so... The listeners, everybody wants to know. We know he's alive. We know you're alive. How are you hanging in there? Well, actually, I'm a really good impersonation done by Rugboy. Oh, you're not here. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I trained myself for like months to become Del Howard. Rugs is the only like puppet. Craven with Spider-Man. Yeah, it's like the reverse ventriloquism. The puppet is throwing the voice to the human. This is wild. Why? <laughs> this is wild. Is, wait, isn't that just uh, just Scarface from Batman? Uh, I guess it is. Uh, I look. I'm glad you're doing well and healthy. It's great to hear. Yes, your voice. Yes. I will. I will say it myself, so people don't think you're just putting words in my mouth. Uh, I am, in fact, healthy and safe and doing all right. And everyone in the house is is okay. And thanks for having me on. Let's talk about some aliens. Let's talk about some aliens. I wanted to ask though, uh, any crazy stories? You see any crazy shit in the past few weeks? Uh, nothing too ridiculous. Where are you again? Uh, out in Jersey. Jersey. Okay. So I'm just outside of uh the the blast zone. <laughs> yes. Well, Jersey's not doing too great either. No, no, yeah. we're, we're we're hurt pretty bad yeah, as well. No. But um, I think the only real craziness that I have seen. I mean, granted, it's it's you know the problem with uh the entire granted, aisle of toilet Jersey. paper. Yeah. And it's Jersey. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Oh, yes. that my my bar is already really high. Yeah. 
Um, the toilet paper aisle has not been full for over two months now. Whoa, um, still? Still. Wow. Uh, and I a lot think, of dirty butts around. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the only other thing that I remember is uh, the Home Depot by me. Yeah. Uh, they are only allowing a certain number of people into the store at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody there, other than the one time I went, it's all of your, like, super right-wing contractor types. So they're in there with no mask, with no gloves. Just they're no not fear. even wearing sleeves. They're it's l- just like, oh, if I fucking get it, I fucking get it, whatever. They're licking the power tools <laughs> on the blast deckers. <laughs> Look, man, you know, when you're quarantined with the family, you got to leave sometimes just so you can sniff some wood. Yeah. Man, I miss these. <laughs> That's bolts. what I do. I miss these wing nuts. Uh, so here just today in Skokie, Illinois, the suburb of Chicago I live in just this evening, the official mandate has started. Everyone's got to wear masks uh, in public areas when you're going anywhere. Because apparently Skokie, out of all suburban Chicago, has the most coronavirus cases. So oh, shit. Oh, no. We picked a great town Ooh, here. Where Imran decides to live. Yeah. <laughs> is the most man, uh, fucking in fact, not suspicious fuck at all. No, that's and you said you came from where? Listen, <laughs> I, I don't. I had it. I didn't have it. I don't have it. I was sick. I'm better now. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's a very... Very unreliable story. It's a really great way to dodge that. All Look, I man, is, I was sick, but like, you know, I'm 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 fine. I'm fine. I'm not going outside and I'm keeping a mask on all the time. Uh but Delhauer, look, we got you here because we back to do one of our fan favorite series is 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 what the fuck happened? This is the thirteenth Oh shit. Lucky thirteen. What the fuck happened? And uh it's been a while since we did the last one. It was Last year, it was in the old world, in the old way of living. Back in the long, long ago? Yeah, back in the long, long ago, before the, the old world, before the dark time. This really <laughs> is a new world. It's a new world. It's not It's not coming back. It's going to be different. But can you, for the listener, refresh their memory and for maybe the new listener in the past six months, uh, what, what do we do and what the fuck happened? Right. Well, if this is your way of trying to keep yourself sane while you are <laughs> quarantined inside of <laughs> your house, not, yeah. uh, number one, no. the fuck? Yeah. Number two, uh, What the Fuck Happened is a series that we've been doing for almost five years now. Yep. It was what introduced me here at uh, Jock and Nerd, where we take, uh, it, well, initially it started off as bad comic book movies yep. uh, and decided to go over the story of them and then dissect how it was those movies came to be so bad. Uh, it has since devolved into all kinds of movies, mostly still in the in the geeky genre uh area uh but with the same intent uh watch a bad movie and then call it really bad make fun of it and f- try and figure out what the fuck went wrong it's a lot of fun and listener if you visit jockinner.com slash wtf happened you'll find all of them all 12 of them and then this one will be up there if you want to go back and enjoy let's get into the movie here the jock, jock and nerd podcast so like del howard just said we're going to switch up uh, the concept a little, but it's still in a genre we all love in a franchise we all love. Uh, we are going to be doing what the fuck happened? Alien three from 1992. Here's a spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time for this nearly 30 year old movie. Well, you know, there may be some motherfuckers, eh? Just like Anthony just saw Breakfast Club today, right? So yesterday, yes. So we can't we can't be presumptuous though. Wait a minute, but Anthony, I just need to make sure you won't forget about me though, will you? <laughs> Whoa, you. 
<laughs> <laughs> is that uh, what is it? Billy Idol? Who sings that song? Uh, no, Simply Red, I believe. Simply, oh, okay. I Billy believe... Idol has the quote in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, whoever whoever it was that sang it, I'm pretty sure that was the only song they ever wrote. <laughs> Fuck you, Won't Dad. You uh, oh wait, but we can't. Me. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking oh, about Alien sorry. Three. But at which point Bender winds up in the closet. Yes. Oh boy, with his butt cheeks taped together. Uh, but look, no, nope, that's different. Spe- that's that's happen. a different thing. Uh, yeah. But this is again special episode of What the Fuck Happened. Not only because we're doing an alien movie, but that Anthony is here. Yes. Because you have dodged like the last eleven of these, I think. <laughs> Anthony, I, I need to ask, what legitimately was the last What the Fuck Happened that you were on? Was it Green Lantern? I don't even know if I was on that. Oh my god, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I don't remember. Maybe Fan Fortis Four Stick or what might have been Green Lantern. Maybe it was Green Lantern. I don't remember. Uh, no, you know what? I List think it them. was I think it was Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, I was on Batman and Robin, yeah. That was yeah. terrible. That was <laughs> fun time. So Delhauer, what made you pick uh this movie, Alien Three, or otherwise known Alien Cubed, or also known as Alien Through the Third Power? Or aliens times alien time alien. Imran, stop. I'm sorry. I'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one night months ago, like just in the middle of the night, it had to be like 1.30 in the morning. I just randomly messaged Imran and I said, okay, we've been talking for a while about initially trying to do a what the fuck happened that would be specifically for the Patreon page. But we couldn't think of what we wanted to do. Uh, it's probably going to wind up still being Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that'll work. One day when yeah. we finally get around to doing that. But uh, at one point, I, I pitched him as the, the idea of doing Alien 3. And I said, I have been awake for hours just diving into the horrifyingly crazy background yeah. of the 10 different versions yeah. of Alien 3 that could have happened. Yeah, and uh, I know Anthony. We've, we're all big fans. You're a big fan of the Alien franchise. Yep. Were you? Do you remember like all the drama and this movie coming out? Well, I mean, I wasn't cognizant of the drama when this movie came out because I don't think I had any clear thoughts when I, I was four. Well, so I don't. I don't remember seeing this movie it would unless scare me if I was when four. I was a little only when I was a little kid. So I wasn't cognizant of the drama. I'm way more aware of the drama now. Yeah. Um, and within the past ten years, I would say I've been aware of the drama around this movie but to be honest this is the first time i've sat down and watched this movie in, in its entirety the theatrical cut yeah um i don't know since i don't know the last time i've seen this movie I, it's been a long time so i have a kind of a new perspective on it it made me feel really old to actually say out loud today this is the first time i sat down and watched this movie in its entirety in maybe 20 years that's crazy i, oh, I think that's shit. a safe bet for me as well at least 15 yeah. to 20 years. Rags, how familiar are you with this movie? I think when I saw it the first time I worked at a movie theater. Oh, cool. So I didn't have to pay for it. I saw it on my break. They hire your kind? I don't know. It's good. Well, you know, remember. It was, was the 90s. I, I was a normal true. person in high school. Oh, that's you hadn't puppeted out yet. That's right. Yeah, that's I hadn't right. gotten the feltyism. <laughs> so, um, come on, Imran. Remember the origin story. Listen, I had God vitiligo. I couldn't get a job as a teenager looking like a crazy vitiligo So kid. I worked at a movie saying. theater, and uh, I would, it was... Um, this came out, and I loved Aliens. Yeah. Um, the first Alien I thought was too slow for me at, when I was a kid, but now I love it as an adult yeah. with more patience. But So I was like, okay, let me see, hope this is like Aliens, you know, with James Cameron, you know, with fucking machine guns and shit. And there was no guns in this whole movie. Ah. There's no weapons. <laughs> I mean, there is weapons. at the very end with, with, with the people that you want to have them don't have them. Yeah, right. And I was just like, 
I don't think the effects are good in this movie. And that was basically the only feeling I had. And then the fact that, um, you know, she kills herself at the end. Yeah. That was like, oh, okay, I guess this franchise is over. And it kind of went out with a whimper. And it was supposed to be, no, this is a, uh, it's a pretty remarkable movie with an amazing backstory. This is going to be great. Let me set but it up real quick. Yeah. What makes me really, really, uh, crazy about this film is that a couple of years later, the guy who directed this movie becomes a great director. Yes, he does. So that makes me really interested in watching it again. So anyway, go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to set this up real quick before we get to well, Delhauer's master. There's actually a good recap. point there. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. You, you will never be able to set this up. Um, <laughs> go ahead. This movie is basically the death of the alien franchise and the birth of David Fincher's great career. Absolutely. So, Weird, weird dichotomy. And yet David Fincher refuses to recognize this as a movie he directed. He does not talk go. about this. You cannot find anything about him talking about this uh, because of just the trauma. Do you know what happened, Matt? Well, he's going to tell us after he oh, I think I recaps do. the Okay, movie. great. Because I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah. I didn't do any research because I wanted to oh. just be – I wanted to be like uh, – captivated by matt it's so. gonna be fascinating this movie released may 22nd 1992 six years after the incredible aliens from james cameron that just changes uh the landscape there so it had a lot of uh stuff leading up to it a lot of expectations you're following alien and aliens on rotten tomatoes uh alien 3 is sitting at 43 percent tomato meter 5.34 out of 10 Box office wise, the budget of this movie, $50 million, was huge at the time. For reference, Aliens, six years earlier, only cost about half as much. Uh, and it finishes making only $159 million worldwide, uh, rated R. And like you said, Anthony, there are multiple cuts of this movie. There is a theatrical cut that's 114 minutes, uh, assembly cut that came out in 2003. That's 145 minutes. That's actually pretty good. And then I guess there's another special edition, 138 minute in the middle. Which one are but we reviewing? I think Delhauer is going to do the theatrical cut because that's, okay. the, that, that's the one that I watched. Yeah, that's the okay, worst cool. cut. Mm-hmm. I've watched both the theatrical and the assembly cut. So I can the, the assembly cuts. Great uh, cast and crew. We just mentioned great by Imran standards di- directed by it's no <laughs> the assembly cuts. Not bad. You just said directed by David Fincher. This was his first and almost his last fucking movie. Oh, shit. it almost ruined him on the possibility. The guy was doing coming out doing crazy music videos for huge stars and uh he gets thrown into this chaos written by here's where the first red flag should show up there's fucking six names here uh characters by dan o'bannon ronald shusett story by vincent ward and screenplay by david giller walter hill larry ferguson you're gonna hear these names later i'm sure walter hill is the only and o'bannon are the only two names that i recognize so first red flag is there's six motherfuckers listed for writing second red flag david giller walter hill also, the producers of the movie. That's never a good sign when you get the producers writing the screenplay. Starring the return of, of course, what everyone was waiting for, Ripley, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. And Charles S. Dutton, who, if you're my age, you know as Rock. Uh, he was on a TV show, Rock. If you ever heard of that show, Rock? ROC. The Rock? He's oh, no. a great wrestler. No, not he the was Rock. really Just he was ROC. in his prime. Amazing. Super charismatic. Can you give the uh, elevator pitch for Rock? Amy? It was a blue collar comedy about a garbage man called Rock, played by Charles S. Dutton. He's a fantastic actor. Was that that's what it was, right, Rugs? Yeah. Was yeah. it a comedy? It was a comedy, but there were some serious moments where he'd get up on your face 
and uh, punch a dude out. It was, but it was right. it was a comedy. Charles Dance, Tywin Lannister as Clemens, a young Charles Dance. Paul McGann as Gallic. Brian Glover, Ralph Brown, a couple other guys. You got Lance Henriksen returning as Bishop Two, and then my, one of my favorite character actors, Pete Postlewaite, playing David. You may not know his name, but you know his face. He's got a big nose and huge cheekbones and big ears, and he's been in everything. He's uh he's better known as the uh the dinosaur hunter in the Lost World yes. Jurassic Park. He was unusual suspects. He's been in Inception. He's been you know when you see this guy's face, you're like, oh that guy. Yeah, he's in everything. All right, with that was he any unusual usual usual suspects? suspects. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, I think he was one of them. Uh, with that said, Del Hauer, uh, the lights in the theater. Remember theaters? Remember when you could go to? Oh God, places? yeah, that might be it. Remember you could go sit with random people. Remember when AMC was still a Remember when AMC? Oh. I was, was, was going to oh, say, I had a conversation with someone today about the idea that AMC may not make it out of COVID. Yeah, no. They may have to file for bankruptcy. So we could, we already talked about on the show how we should all pool our money and buy AMC. The stock is at bottom. You know, we could just buy it. But lights go down in the theater. 20th Century Fox logo. Oh, remember 20th Century Fox? Remember when that was a separate COVID didn't kill that. That was Disney. That was Disney. Oh, it was another virus. That's another (laughs) virus. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, 20th Century Studios or whatever the fuck it's called now. And Fade to Black and Go Tell Hauer. So I feel like uh, this is a little unprecedented, uh, sort of like the times we live in right now. This is the first time we have done a sequel on Ah. the show. Oh, interesting. So I figured the best way to try and get into that is to try and do my best to give a very, 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 very brief explanation as to the franchise at this point. Okay. Um, in the previous films, we have met Ellen Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, who was a member of a crew on a ship called the Nostromo in the original film, which I believe was essentially just like a trucking rig that moved through space that had stumbled across a shipwreck on an alien planet, or at least a, a desolate planet, where they discovered numerous eggs of some sort of alien creature. A member of their crew was attacked by something that had hatched from the eggs that had attached itself to his face. Uh, after, I believe, like 12 hours or so, it had detached itself and died, and everything seemed fine, until another alien creature burst from his chest, grew to 8 feet tall, and killed almost everybody else on the ship. It was established that the company, Whalen yutani that uh, the Nostromo crew worked for, wanted to capture this creature, believing it to potentially be a great weapon in biological warfare. Uh, instead, Ripley, the only survivor, kills the alien, destroys the Nostromo, and flies off into the, su- uh, well, not really the sunset, but space. <laughs> the space set. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's the sun. Sets. Asleep, yes. in cryosleep, in her underwear, and with a cat. Aliens comes out about six years later in which Ellen is woken from her cryosleep by members of the Whalen yutani crew who have found her pod and have uh, announced that she has, in fact, been asleep for 80-some-odd years, missing the life she had with her family, especially her daughter. They have announced that the alien planet that they had found the eggs on is now a colony being run by Whalen yutani and that there has been many strange disappearances happening on the surface. They are sending in colonial marines to investigate and want to send Ellen Ripley with them because she's the only one who might know what's going on. In fact, it's more aliens, including a queen alien. They fight them. Most of the marines die. They find a little girl. Ripley gets to have this wonderful now-I-have-a-new-daughter thing going on. They kill the queen. They escape with her, Michael Bean, the little girl, and half of Lance Henriksen. 
This is so great. We've they've got a family unit. We've fallen in love with Hicks and Newt. There's a little girl. I can't wait to see these guys together. Smash cut to the opening credits where the little girl and Hicks die. (laughs) I think it's important to note, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, Matt. (laughs) That's okay. Alien, probably one of the best sci-fi horror movies of all time. Aliens, probably one of the best sci-fi action films of all time. Absolutely. Now we we have a high bar here. We are sitting at a franchise that is batted a thousand twice in a row. Yep. Right. And we come into Alien 3, where in the first two minutes during weird fever dream opening credits, we discover that an alien egg has been dropped on this uh, ship somehow in the battle with the queen at the end of the last movie. The egg has opened, a facehugger has escaped, and it wreaks havoc by attacking the various pods that our three main characters are inside of, starting a fire and having the pods jettisoned out of the ship in a small EEV module. This is over top of a planet known as Fortuna 141, which is a all-male YY chromosome <laughs> maximum security prison forge run by Whalen yutani Okay. <laughs> yes, what is it? That's all those things, yes. It's every one of yes. those things. <laughs> Possibly a monastery. We don't know. Kind of. Yeah. Maybe. It's a little bit. Yeah. The EEV crash lands on the planet where it is discovered by the prisoners and only Ripley has survived. They are unhappy with the fact that she is there as they believe having an outsider there will only cause trouble. Uh, essentially bitching about something to do with their God. I'm not certain what the whole problem was, but it'll, it doesn't really come up again it's anyway. It's a penis problem. Yes. Mostly, yeah. yeah. Ripley wakes up in the infirmary being taken care of by Clemens, the medical officer on the prison, played by Charles Dance, where he informs her that Hicks died because he had burned alive, I believe. I think he burned and she drowned. She drowned yeah. and he, like, burned or got oh, no, it was was impaled a, uh, by something. Yeah, it was, it was a, uh, a strut from the, the EEV module impaled That's through right. his tube. Yeah, right. And what was left of uh, Bishop had burned. Correct. So he informs her that they dumped the remains of Bishop in a junk pile because it's a robot uh, and that they have the remains of the other two in the morgue because this prison has a morgue because, I mean, it's a planet. I guess they need to have one. Most of the next like 10 to 15 minutes is essentially just setting up that this is a prison planet. Uh, It is all male. Many of them have never seen a woman before or maybe 10 or so years ago and that she is not welcome. They have called for Whale and Yutani to send someone to get her, and it's expected to take about a week for them to get out there. So she is now alone, beaten up, sick, and abandoned on a planet full of dangerous men in a prison colony with all of her friends dead. Yay. So uplifting. <laughs> we are in. Uh, they essentially spend a little time just kind of doing a big exposition dump. They explain how everyone died on the ship. They explain that she's has to kind of wait around for these things for, uh, whale and Yutani to send someone to come get her. Uh, but she notices that in the wreckage of the EEV pod, one of the cryo beds has acid burns on the outside of it oh. and is suspicious of this. Mm. At which point she requests that, uh, Charles Dance bring her to the morgue so she can see the body of Newt. She has a sad moment where we see vague concepts of what might be the corpse of a child. Uh, Because at this point, the actress who had played Newt is definitely way too old to be playing her anymore. Looks nothing like her. Really? Couldn't have got her back? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Could have got another person. (laughs) 
Honestly, at that point, I feel like you could have just written like, oh, Newt woke up and has been awake and alone on this ship for years. Yeah, she grew up. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. But because of the acid burns, Ripley is almost certain that Newt may have been impregnated by an alien egg and starts attempting to figure this out for herself. Uh, at which point she convinces Charles Dance that they need to do an autopsy on the child. Away from this, a random guy named Murphy who works in the prison with his dog that he just happens to have. Spike. Spike is, investiga- yeah. is investigating the ship wreckage and uh, looks like there's more than one egg that was on this ship. Uh-oh. But it doesn't go after Murphy. Later on, after the autopsy proves that there was nothing wrong with Newt's body, uh, the warden of the prison, Mr. Anderson, or Andrews, I think it was? I think it was Anderson, comes along and basically decides to wave his dick around, being like, you're not allowed to walk around here. All the guys around here are dangerous. You're a problem. You're going to be a problem. Get out of here. Go hide in the quarantine zone of the, the infirmary. He states that they are going to hold the bodies of the deceased in uh, isolation and frozen in order to hand them over to Waylon Utani, but Ripley convinces them that it may potentially be a health risk because of the way that they died and asks that they instead incinerate the bodies in the giant incinerator that's essentially at like the core of this prison. Murphy later finds his dog and sees that it has many lacerations and marks around its face, and it is acting strange, and he wonders, what kind of animal would do this to a dog? That's a great line. (laughs) During the funeral for Newt and Hicks, the dog, in what is the most heartbreaking scene of this entire film, dies as an alien explodes out of its stomach. That's different. Yes, And so is the design of the alien we have for this movie, which is the first quadruped alien creature. It's like a little doggy. It's kind of like a dog. A dogomorph. Yeah, a little doggy xenomorph. Beyond this, we have a little bit more time where the xenomorph kills Murphy by uh, scaring him and making him fall into a giant fan. Ellen Ripley gets on that Tywin Lannister dick. Geek boner! In order to not answer a question about aliens. Also, suddenly our head is shaved for no reason, apparently. Well, yes, uh, it was mentioned earlier on that they have a terrible lice problem ah. in the, the, the jail. And he even makes a comment about, like, I can get you a pair of clippers if you want to take care of your private areas. They never really show it except for one second, very briefly, when the guy goes into the cave with his dog or whatever that the air, he takes his jacket off and his jacket's got lice all over. Yeah, he drops yeah, he drops the jacket on the 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 bunk or whatever it is and it's covered in bugs. Yeah. Uh and I think later on she winds up breaking open a pipe that's like full of roaches. Yeah. That was strange. Yeah, yeah I don't know. how does she confuse a pipe for an alien? Okay, never mind. Yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We'll get there. <laughs> So she, she after the funeral, shaves her head, potentially other places. We don't get to know. Takes a shower and decides she's going to go have uh, a meal with everybody who is at uh, this prison in the mess hall. Uh, she goes to try and sit down and speak with, I believe his name is, is it Duncan? Uh, Rock? Yes, Rock. Dylan. Dylan, that was it. Dylan! Rock was the TV show. Rock was the TV you couldn't show. tell by the sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> That's an eighties joke. She tries to uh, she tries to thank Dylan for saying kind words at the funeral. He tells her to not want to know him because he's a murderer and a rapist of women. And I appreciate the specificity. Yeah, because you know, 
Well, I'm sure that while in prison for God knows how long, he has probably also been a rapist of men. Do we know for sure? I don't, but meh. I love how badass she is. She's just like, well, I'll probably make you nervous then. And she just sits down. Yeah, he, he essentially says, don't talk to me. I might hurt you or rape you. And she goes, well, then I'm going to eat here yes. and just stares him in the eyes. And I know you've seen some shit, Ripley, but damn. Yeah. But how good is that? Yeah. In 1992. Oh, yeah. And that's it's it's maintaining the badass female protagonist that we saw in episodes. I'm glad they didn't forget that and make her just damsel in distress again. Alien three, which the problem is for a couple of scenes they do. Right. So it's it's odd. It's it's an odd balance, which will be a thing we touch on. But after they have uh, a meal in the mess hall, uh, she gets yelled at again by the warden who tells her to not go anywhere else. And he also yells at Charles Dance for letting her leave the infirmary. He threatens to, I guess, tell Ripley why Charles Dance was in the prison if he doesn't like control her. And that's a very weird threat to make. (laughs) It's like very high school. Yeah. Which is like, well, if you don't get her under control, I'm going to tell her what you did. I'm it's tell. like, what is that going to accomplish? <laughs> okay, great. She can't go anywhere. Yeah. It's not like she's going to be like, well, I'm going to leave because I don't trust you now. Like, <laughs> anyway, she's in a prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> she then decides to sneak off to try and uh, check on the flight recorder for the Salako, the ship that they were on. That is uh, stored in the EEV where she is met with Charles Dance. He tells her that they don't have technology in order to actually play back what is in this. And she decides the best way to deal with that is to find the remains of Bishop and try to use him essentially as a speaker system. She wanders off to the garbage dump where she finds the remains of him. And in attempting to leave is attacked by about five dudes where four of them hold her down and one plans to rape her. And then Rock shows up. And he lays the smacketh yeah. down on all of them. Yeah. I think my favorite line from him is in this moment. Yes. Where he states, uh, go on. I have to teach some of my brothers a lesson about their lack of spirit or, or something goes, like that. I got to reeducate some of the brothers. Yes, that's it. <laughs> so good. While this is also going on, three more prisoners are mapping out the tunnels of the prison i guess it's never really explained what the hell they're doing they're just randomly walking around they're just walking around in like the air ducts uh where two of them get murdered by the alien and the third one played by uh soon to be doctor who paul mcgann gets doused in blood and driven mad even though he apparently according to the prisoners is already insane so, back in the infirmary, Ripley is plugging the flight recorder into the remains of Bishop in what is some of the coolest practical effects that they have done in this movie. Yeah. That is that is insane how good that looks. It's so that, freaky. That time. Yeah. His eyes are moving and like one of them's, fucking eye is moving open. around like yeah. a person. I don't know how they did that. And essentially plays it back to discover that yes, in fact, an alien life form was on the ship. And that was the cause of the fire, and that was why they got jettisoned. Meanwhile, several more prisoners come dragging in Paul McGann, covered in blood, and screaming that a dragon killed two more prisoners down in the tunnels. Ripley, knowing exactly what this is, states that she believes him, and that they need to listen to her as she tells the warden that there is a giant alien 
that most likely stowed away on her ship and is now running around their prison killing people. And he says, bullshit. <laughs> I expected like the whole Mickey Rooney scene from Pete's from Dragon to unfurl. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that what I'm talking good. about? Yes, yes, okay. yes. A dragon, a dragon. I swear I saw a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> So he he tells her that yet again she is confined to the infirmary <laughs> where she wanders off and she's there with Charles Dance who tells her that the reason he was in prison was he was a doctor who one day got really drunk after a like 36 hour shift at an ER and got called back because there was an accident that they needed him to do surgery or essentially just to do doctoring for. And he killed several people by accidentally prescribing them way too much morphine. Whoops. He then got sentenced to prison, which the funny thing I find about this is while it is in fact a, uh, it's 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 a thing that they would send him to prison for. I don't know if this is a thing they would send him to an ultra maximum security right. prison on another planet with rapists and serial killers for. Yeah, that's a weird choice. That yeah, but be- when you've killed as many people as the Lannisters have, I would Lannister. I think you, then you have to go to that. He kind of right, well, you know what? That is a very good point. <laughs> yeah. I did not take all of those murders into account. <laughs> yes, it's, Charles Dance has killed a lot of people. <laughs> This and the best part is this is only two years before he plays the one-eyed bad guy in Last Action Hero. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. So as they're having this moment where he is uh, bearing his soul and Ripley is meeting a new friend who she is also apparently a fuck buddy with, <laughs> the alien shows up and it murders Charles Dance uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> it just it, it has this moment where it does this very slasher killer thing where like the shadow just shows up yeah. through the 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 curtain and she reacts and then he gets attacked. And I think it also kills Paul McGann at this point. No, Paul McGann's watching all this in awe because he's kind of like into worshiping this well, thing. We, ne- we never see that guy again. Yeah, he never comes back. I can explain him when we talk about the assembly. Okay, cut. so that's 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 something that got cut yeah, out. That's fine. He's a character called Gollick. I, I do want to throw in though, just how random it is that Ripley just starts sleeping with this guy. Yeah, they didn't right set that the up at all. <laughs> well, and I think they do a little bit because after they wind up banging. Yeah. He he says something along the lines of like, don't think I didn't notice that you sharing your uh, intimacy or whatever it was with me, the way however he uh, uh, pronounces or you know describes it was a way of you ducking my question. Oh. So she ultimately and he was like, what were we looking for in the She's body like, of the little oh, girl? Let's fuck. She just immediately is like, you want to fuck? Yes. He goes. I mean, yeah. I mean, I haven't had anything yeah. in a very long time, so yeah. Oh, of she's like, I've been in cryo sleep. Let's get it on. Yeah, and it's, he's like, you're very forward. She goes, I've been out here for a long time. <laughs> yes, you have. It just seems okay. jarring. But that last scene, uh, Dalhauer has my favorite scene in the movie, where the the alien, the xenomorph, comes right up to Ripley, and the little one comes out, and it looks amazing. Oh yes, when she's when she's hiding uh, behind the 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 table in the corner, and it doesn't kill her. It is yet. Yeah, it is absolutely uh, one of the most famous shots of the series, even if it's not from one of the more famous films. Yeah, iconic, still because looks she's amazing. She's Brego. Yep. yep. Well, thanks. Thanks for getting you there just already. Spoiled it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so but this the next following bit is probably one of my favorite moments from the whole movie when she goes sprinting out to the mess hall because they're having a meeting about the accidents that have occurred with the deaths of the prisoners. 
and the warden is telling everyone that they need to get their shit together because three people are dead now in accidents or possibly a murder, we're not certain. And she's ranting and raving about, oh my god, it's here, the alien is here, it's gonna kill all of us. And he starts shouting her down with, I'm done with your ranting, and nothing about this will change my mind. And then the alien drops down (laughs) out of the ceiling, grabs him by the head, and pulls him up into the ceiling. Yes! Where we then get the geyser of blood that just rains down out of the like the acoustic ceiling tile. I was rooting for that guy to die. I was happy. That was a good death. I love that everybody in the mess hall freaks out, backing away, and the one character, um, uh, oh god, what's his name? The one that lives. Oh, that was Freddy Krueger when he killed the girl in the first movie, and then the blood comes out of the ceiling as well. Essentially, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, the the one the one prisoner backs away holding a chair yes. as a weapon. Is that oh, that's Morse? Great. Yeah, it, it, it's Morse. Yeah, and then everything stops, and he just goes, "Fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> and then the next scene of the guy mopping the floor and he's looking mopping the up, floor, looking at the ceiling he's like to see if he's going to get attacked. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so after that is now when they're all meeting up again in one of the many weird industrial tunnels that is just the entire outline of this prison. Yeah. And they're all wondering, what are we going to do and uh, what's going on and who's in charge now? And ultimately, they all decide that Ripley has to be in charge because she's the only one who's technically has a military ranking. She was not a like she's a lieutenant. She was not a lieutenant in the last movie. I. N- <sighs> I don't yeah, she remember. She a, wasn't a, she wasn't actually military. She was advising the military. She was a warrant officer and they said that they he yeah. promised her if they got back to earth they would give her a ranking but that never I'm happened. I'm wondering I'm wondering if that means that he and or Waylon Yutani retroactively gave her a ranking in their system. Oh, well, maybe. Uh, but they, they're like, well, you're the only one who knows what this thing is. You're the only one with a, a military ranking, so you need to be in charge. And so she decides, okay, um, well, we don't have weapons and, uh, we don't know what to do and we're all stuck here and we can't wait it out because Waylon Yutani's not going to help us. So we need to find a way to kill it. And the idea that they come up with is they have a gigantic toxic waste container that is at the end of a whole lot of the air, like the major tunnels where they collect the toxic waste and they seal it off. And it's apparently like six feet thick of concrete. Nothing could possibly get out of this thing. So they decide that the plan they're going to go with is they're going to take a whole bunch of flammable liquid and they are going to just mop it all over <laughs> the ceilings yeah. in the tunnels of this thing. And they're just going to light fires and try and chase this thing into this giant container and hold it there. Problem is, in the midst of doing this, one of the jackasses in this prison apparently has cigars on him. What? It, I didn't understand what that thing was. It, it looked like it was some kind of a cigar or something. I thought it was like a flare or something. Possibly, but it was like it didn't light either. No. So I like the fact that he constantly kept putting it in his mouth. I thought it was like a cigar. It looks like a cigar. Yes. He's trying to climb a ladder with a bucket of this flammable liquid and this cigar or flare or vape pen or whatever <laughs> the fuck it is. Fucking jewel on this planet. Yeah. And as he gets to the top of the ladder, he gets fucking attacked by the alien and he drops the bucket and he drops the lighter or whatever it is. And this sets a whole bunch of these tunnels on fire while all the prisoners are still mopping it with, like, nitroglycerin. (laughs) And ten fucking prisoners die from this. (laughs) There are so many people flying through the air on fire. I lost count. It it is a solid minute and 30 seconds of dudes doing fire stunts and jumping through the air. Yep. (laughs) 
So we have now whittled the 26 people that are on this station down to six. <laughs> we, uh, we finally get to, oh wait, no, down to 10. That's, that's what it was. Cause it was like six killed by the alien and then 10 by the fire. I think anyway, it's not really important. <laughs> a lot of them don't have names. No. There is a point in the, uh, the, uh, closed captioning where two different people are marked as prisoner four and prisoner five. So because this, uh, this plan failed, they aren't certain what they need to do next, but Ripley is not feeling well. She hasn't been feeling well this whole time and thought it was because of her rude awakening from the cryosleep. So she heads back to the EEV and brings the second in command that they keep referring to as 85. Yeah, don't call me he that. Because he has an IQ of 85. Yeah. <laughs> and they head back to the EEV shuttle where she lays down in the cryo uh, tube and uses its CAT scan in order to see whether or not she might potentially have lesions or lacerations in her skull or any kind of fracturing. And he discovers that bitch pregnant oh, shit. with oh, an alien. Shit. <laughs> and it ain't just an alien. It's a queen. Oh, boy. How are they able to tell that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And that, Looking at the thing, it just looks like a xenomorph. Yeah. Right. Then they just say, it's a queen. Yeah. And you go, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. right. I see its vagina. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, see. I guess it's got one of the big fins on the head, maybe. I didn't know yeah. that. It's wearing a crown. Got the flared fins. So <laughs> then after that, she immediately goes to talk to Dylan and says, I need you to kill me because I have an alien baby in me and it's a queen. And if it hatches, it'll start laying eggs and there'll be millions of them and it'll destroy the world and the universe. And he says, yeah, all right. <laughs> and then he doesn't yeah. and says, uh, she says something. I think she says something about how, oh, uh, it wouldn't attack me because it knows I'm pregnant. And I think there was another scene that I skipped over where it didn't attack her. Um, yes, that's the scene where she mistakes the pipe for an alien. Oh, yeah. She goes, well, look, no, she goes oh, looking yes, for yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So she that I skipped that whole bit. So after she realizes this, she then tells 85 that, you know, OK, we can't allow me or the other one to leave this planet, no matter what Whalen Yutani wants. And he's like, no, no, they're coming to save us. I've got a wife and kid. I have to leave this planet. So she basically says, fuck you. I'm going to go hunt this other one down because at least maybe it'll kill me. And as she's walking around with a pipe, she's using as a spear because nothing to lose. Ellen Ripley is the best Ellen Ripley. That's right. She yes, she stabs it into a a, a waste pipe that she thought was the head of the alien. Yeah, and a bunch of bugs fall out. What is she doing? And then they repeat one of the shots from I believe the first one, where they're kind of tipped up, looking at the ceiling behind her, yeah. and the alien is in the ceiling behind her. So she turns around. It does its ah, surprise <laughs> thing, and then we cut, and that's just it. Yeah. Now we're into the next scene where she's talking to Dylan and she explains, oh, it wouldn't kill me because it knows I'm pregnant with one with a queen. So he says, okay, well, if it won't kill you, that might just be the key we need to fighting this thing. And they rally the rest of the troops and say, all right, fuck this. We're not dying on our knees or on our asses. We're going to die fighting this thing. And everyone says, great. What's the new plan? And they decide we're going to try and have this thing chase us around through the tunnels until we get it to the main shaft that leads to the mold where the refinery is creating lead sheets that we use to make containers for uh, toxic waste. Could this be any more confusing of a plan? Yes. <laughs> Trust me. It, it And it gets there. Yeah. So the whole plan 
is that it, they're going to have this thing chase all of them through these tunnels, actively shutting down doors where they can to trap it in the main chute where the piston, I don't know why there's a piston at all. Yeah, I understand. Will force it into this mold, and then once it's in there, they'll dump molten lead on it, and it'll die. That's the plan. Okie dokie. Meanwhile, 85 finds out that Waylon Yutani received all of the information from the CAT scan, and they are now sending in a crew to extract Ellen Ripley, and they will be there in two hours. So they are racing against the clock to kill this alien and kill uh, Ripley before Waylon Yutani shows up. Now we get to the plan. And this is a good 20 minutes of dudes running around in what looks like the exact same tunnel in different configurations yeah. while they are chased by a first person camera view of the alien coming after them. And I will admit, the first person camera view of the alien chasing them is a really cool fucking shot. I also enjoyed that. You never saw that before. It was especially in the fact that it does the whole thing where it goes from the ground up onto the wall and, then and then up down. onto the ceiling yeah. and everything. It's really awesome. But they also do it a lot. Yeah. And it gets very confusing. And so most of the nameless remainder of these prisoners get killed one way or another throughout this until finally they think that they're going to get this thing trapped in the main chute. And then it seems to realize what the plan is and refuses to enter and goes back down the hall it came out of. And now the piston's going. They got five minutes, Ripley. And she goes chasing after this thing to try and, I guess, grab it, drag it back to the fucking main hall. What, by its tail? What are you going to do? It, it's, it's, it kills several other people. She finally finds this thing, like, hiding in a little alcove. And she's just like, fuck this. And starts trying to grab it by the tail and drag it because <laughs> she knows it won't attack her. Finally, they wound up figuring out that the way to get it to follow them is that Dylan grabs Ripley and drags her away like he's going to hurt her. And the thing will come after them to protect her. So... They bring it out. They drag it into the main hall. It follows them down into the, the main, uh, into the, the, the mold. And the only other prisoner left alive is Morse, who is the weird, like, weaselly, possibly coked up uh, guy <laughs> who constantly keeps talking like he's going to fucking beat somebody up, but doesn't do shit. Yeah. And for the longest time, because I didn't remember how this movie ended, I thought he was going to turn into, like, an upham from uh, Saving Private Ryan, where it would be like he would hide in a corner and watch all of his friends get eaten. Oh. But he doesn't. No. In fact, he winds up helping them get it into the main chute, locks the door behind it, and he goes running up to go take care of dumping the, the molten uh, lead on the thing. They get into the, the mold, and they go to start climbing out of it, but climbing is the alien's game. And so Dylan realizes, well, it won't chase Ripley, but it will chase me. And keeps himself inside of the mold to hold it there while Ripley climbs up and they dump the molten lead on it. Mm. At this point, the rescue ship from Weyland Yutani has arrived. So, uh, Morse and Ripley dump the molten lead on the alien, filling the mold, and it seems like everything is hunky dory. Yay! Until it jumps out of the fucking lead! What? Uh, so, we, you're telling me molten lead has no effect on the xenomorph? No. Nope. Yes, that's amazing. Hey, well, man. it has some of an effect because they it are ends, it ends the up perfect killing machine. It ends up leading to 
to which point, point it starts chasing Ripley up through the chains, which I don't understand because why would it try to hurt her yeah, now? Why that is it strange, trying to yeah. get her? Yes, that's what I thought. And she starts climbing up, and Morse tells her the thing is un- the thing's like molten hot. Turn on the sprinklers. So she does, and the thing explodes. Ah, so molten lead plus water. That's uh, that's how you're gonna do this. So make the sense. alien is now dead. Morse and Ripley are left alive, and as they attempt to leave, they are cornered by Waylon Utani and Bishop. What? But it's apparently Bishop Two, according to the credits, and he claims that he is not an android, but in fact a human who designed Bishop. That's what an android would say. Bullshit. Yeah. And was sent by Waylon Utani <laughs> to help Ripley, and they wanted to send a friendly face. It claims that when they uh, they have a med bay on their ship where they can help Ripley get the alien out, destroy the alien, and save her life, but she doesn't believe them. I'll buy it. She and Morse then put themselves out on some sort of weird scaffold thing that holds them over top of the incinerator, and she jumps off... <gasps> And killing herself and the alien queen as it hatches from her body. In a Jesus Christ pose. Absolutely. Also, proving that Bishop 2 was in fact an android, 30, uh, 80, 85, 85, was, I think his yeah, name was. Yeah, 85, he tries to 85, realizing, oh my god, Waylon Utani's evil tries to hit him with a wrench and gets killed. <laughs> and just gets shot. I also want to throw in, by the way, that uh, this ending is just a direct rip of uh, Terminator 2, which yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger luring himself into molten which lava, was, whatever, had not come out yet, but came out yes, just like two. Oh, it did. No, it did. No, it Terminator came out. 2 came out a year before this. Oh, wait, yeah. 92. Think about 91. that. Oh. Think about Terminator 2. It's the same thing. And the special effects that you saw in Terminator yes, 2. And they still hold up. Compare them to Alien 3. Oh, you're right. It was a year earlier. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. So I will say. When the thing is bursting out of her chest, I kind of liked how she grabbed it. And she's like, fuck, she you grabbed bitch. it and held on to her to make going, sure that it came with her down. But then I remember she falls into what looks like a fucking son. Oh, my God. It is <laughs> like it's, it's a mile down. It's, yeah. <laughs> and, and even then, I'm like, that's the worst special effects I've ever seen. Like it's it's pretty bad. It was molten lead. Where's all this flame and fire it, coming from? It, it well no this was this was the full on incinerator oh, not, that they had okay. with that they dropped uh, the other bodies into in the beginning. Oh right. It looks bad but on top of that it's also like the CGI for when they had the the uh the xenomorph running around. Yes. Oh it's real bad. Also looked real they, bad. You know they when it's practical up close looks amazing but they were still using uh puppets. Uh, Anything that they did with special effects yes. looked like absolute dog shit oh, they, and the, even for that time. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the movie ends basically just there. She's dead. They decide to replay the 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 bit from the end of the first Alien yeah. where they play her log that yeah. she left. Yeah, and that's it. That's the end of the theatrical cut of the movie. And scene. I will say it, it plays it plays like this is the end of the franchise. It's a, it was essentially the, yeah the death of all the aliens, the death of Ripley. It's over. Kind of like a nice capper on this trilogy. But of course, we all know she fucking came back. But that the second half of this movie is so brown, and you know. I'm brown on the inside. I'm Pakistani. I'm all for representation. But I did they just buy all the fucking brown paint in a hundred mile radius? I, <laughs> I literally was thinking and I wrote in my notes the the set decoration for this entire movie is like concrete and steel and lead and just metal and stone. 
but everything is washed under this terrible brown Everything's filter. Everything's brown. There's no color. Yeah, it's crazy. Should we should we get into before you do the background? Should we each get into just what we thought of the movie? Sure, yeah, sure. How do you, yeah, I'll start. Go, go. please. <laughs> so I, I mentioned this prior to us talking, but I'll, I'll repeat it um, because no one, none of the listeners could hear us talking prior to the show. First time in a while, I've seen this. I actually didn't find it to be that bad. Now I, I agree the the special effects aren't great at times. The story is a little a little cut together, you can tell. If you're looking at the movie just on its own, without the baggage of the previous two films, it's entertaining in its own right, I yeah, think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's just not at all a worthy follow-up, nor did it meet anyone's expectations of what you would have expected following no, abs- two all-time great movies. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, same with me. It was a disappointment, but watching this again, I was like, it's not that bad. It's definitely, you see David Fincher's signature fingerprints all over this, I kind of love how all the shots are up uh, inside the tunnels and it you know, gives it a real claustrophobic kind of feeling. Um, but huge, huge letdown. And when you find out what happened while this was going on and he managed to actually put this together, like that, it's pretty impressive. Like it's not it could have been so much more fucked up and messy. I actually had one more thought. Sorry. Um, before I forget, um, there is actually like some good. Like ideas they play with with the the penal colony and yeah. these guys being like a bunch of murderers, yeah. no weapons. They've never seen a woman in years, and this woman crash lands on this planet and basically brings upon death. Right, yep. so it's like that theme of like this woman is like the temptation, like she's the, the devil, the, the devil, and yeah. she brings about the yeah. devil to yeah. this colony that's believing in God. Like, there's a lot of good stuff to be mined there. They don't really mine it no. as much as they probably could, but mm-hmm. there are some ideas there Absolutely. that had some potential. There's the whole religious aspect and how, like, do they worship this thing or they fear it or some of them want to be with it? Uh, I think you're 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 taking the assembly cut version of uh, it. Yeah, there's a little stuff. bit more there. <laughs> Rugs, what did you think of uh, Alien Three watching it now? Well. The only thing that really bothered me was the effects. Mm. That's the only thing that really pulled me out of the movie and was like, other than the fact that it was super predictable. And uh, even when I saw it the first time, I was like, ah, all right, she's going to have to kill herself because she's got the alien in her. And I knew that the whole time. It's not groundbreaking uh, in that sense. um, The what else happened? Um, I mean, pretty much it was one alien. It was one alien, and the other ones was aliens. See, that's the thing. Okay, so the last movie was aliens, and they had multiple aliens, yep, yep. and they had, they had a uh, shit ton of them. Marines. They had the Queen. It was just a bigger movie. Yeah. So to for this movie to go and scale down, yeah, it really didn't bring like the first alien still better than this movie. I mean, those so, the second movie's effects still hold up, and they're better than this fucking movie. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so yeah, so everything is a downgrade. Uh everything. I like the bleakness though. I like the kind of nihilistic bleak vision of this world. You want to know something that bothered me that off, yeah. off just period. Yeah. It's like I don't care about what happens to anybody here. Yeah. Because they're all fucking shitty people. They're all cannon fodder too. And I'm like, yeah, like let them die. Why do we even care about this movie? Like there's they're no reason like and murderers. Th- yeah, like uh-huh. there's nobody that's that I care like oh, little girl's going to get killed or something. At least have a little girl in there or just somebody who's innocent who doesn't yeah. need to die. Yeah. At least that would put me into it a little bit more. But literally you have a planet that's pretty much a barren fucking nothing. Yeah. There's one prison on there and then it, and it's full of assholes. Yeah. 
So why do I give a fuck about this movie and anybody getting killed in there? Helping out society. Delhauer, answer me this. How many there was how many aliens are in this movie? It there was only one because there are technically two. Right, that's what I thought. What? What? So the one that bursts out of the dog, that's mm-hmm. not the main one, is it? Or is, no, it is. Oh, so that grows up really quickly into this eight yeah. foot fucking no, that's, alien. That's that's the four the four legged one that's chasing them around the tunnels is the one from the dog. But didn't they say there was one on the EEV also? That was the the one that was, the one that was on the EEV was the the face hugger that impregnated Ripley. But that he it, it impregnates two people. No, 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 one person. The one there's the one impregnates Ripley while she's in cryo sleep. The other one is an egg that's still there when uh, the dog finds it. I felt like I'm like there's an alien missing. Like I, didn't they mention another one? No, but I'm just confused and it's all cut up, all crazy too. An- another thing that I want to say about this is that. You have this whole prison set up, right? With all mm-hmm. these bad guys that are really evil and violent. Like, it would be interesting to be like, all right, now we got something to kill. Like, let's do something, you know? Like, oh, yeah. And they're fucking psyched. They have huge boners Hunt that, like, the they're getting to fucking do something. But they got no weapons. You know, we're in corona fucking <laughs> quarantine. Like, anything to do that's different would be fucking amazing, right? What kind of prison has no weapons, though? What the fuck is yeah, this? Well, so, uh, that's, that's the thing that... They should that be MacGyvering some shit together. That, I mean, there could have been so many cool scenes. It's why I think the interesting aspect of it was is that they... They they weirdly decided they wanted to go with this idea of it being a prison colony, but because I think they knew, like, as, as Rugboy was saying, like, get a bunch of, like, serial killers and rapists and murderers that are on a planet, and you give them, like, oh, hey, here's a thing that's going to kill all of you unless you kill it first. They'd be like, great, we're all going to band together and kill this yeah. thing. It's like, uh, but maybe we want to try and make you feel a little bad about it, so... <laughs> You guys all found religion while in prison. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, you guys are monks. Okay, You're so now monks. We, don't, we don't believe in killing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the biggest misstep to start off is what how this movie starts yep. off. First off, yep. you have eggs. On, you Unexplainably, you have eggs on the, pl- on the ship, right? Like, you, no one... That didn't happen. How'd that get there? How do those get there? Okay, whatever. They're there. They, there was an alien. I guess maybe that could have happened. But you kill off two of the main characters that you fell in love with yeah. at the end of Aliens in the were- opening credits as... Delhauer so perfectly narrated yeah. and I think that right off the bat if you're a fan of aliens that just puts a bad taste in your mouth yeah that's a big yeah. fuck you and that's that was one of the major things that a lot of critics and a lot of audience members hated about this movie was that they came back after waiting six years yes. to see what has happened to the characters that we loved and we grew to knew and care about in the ah, previous film dead. off screen three fourths of them die without ever even getting anything to do in this movie. During the credits. And none of the actual actors, except for technically Lance Henriksen, were in the film. They basically made it that, uh, you know, Michael Bean's character had his head fucking bashed in, so they didn't have to have it look like Michael Bean. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, good (laughs) stuff. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Delhaw, what'd you think of the film? It is, it's, it's a film that, uh, you know, like I said, it's been so long since I saw it, and all I ever remembered was just how much everyone was like, this is fucking terrible, it's an awful movie, and I know, I agree that I do not like the way that they handled the opening of it, but I think as a schlocky alien sci-fi horror movie, it does what it needs to do. Yeah. It's got, you know, it, it is paint by numbers, but it is also still entertaining, and it's got some really interesting and cool things that they do with it that didn't really serve this movie so much, but definitely 
uh, were things that I, I liked seeing, like specifically that that first person view from the alien. Yeah, I thought yeah, was a really yeah. really interesting touch to add onto it. But in the end, I think ultimately it's fine. It's not terrible. Uh, you know, if we really really wanted to go terrible, we probably would have just done Alien Resurrection. Right. Oh yeah, the next one. <laughs> Um, or, or any of the AVPs. Or, uh, yes. I was gonna say, we could have done un- either <laughs> yeah. of the AVPs. Yeah. I never saw Covenant, but I'm told it's fucking garbage. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's it's disappointing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not good. Well, when I think about David Fincher and what he can do yeah. and all of those talents and stuff like that, then I see this movie. I'm like, this is a bad movie. Yeah, but this is his first film. He was 29 years old. I mean, thrown into this fucking chaos. Well, and also, I, that doesn't make a difference. A lot of a lot of what you see from this movie, you also cannot fully blame on Fincher. Yeah, and well, we'll get into why after this. Okay, great. <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. You have to watch it. It's so good. It was all right. Your friends may have decent taste in movies, but their incoherent reviews are getting annoying. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Looking for a new podcast? Join Time Sensitive, where we break down the recent movies you've heard of, but may have missed. Spoilers included. And we get it. You're busy and can't see everything, but are you really going to track it down a year later? We take the time so you don't have to. Find us on Twitter, at TSMoviePod, and find out what we're watching. I'm Sam. I'm Ian. And I'm Kate. And we're three friends and armchair movie critics. Seriously, invite us into your living room. Kate, stop. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Time sensitive, because you deserve better. Listener, if you enjoy the Jock and Nerd podcast, uh, you should join the Jock and Nerd fan club. Jock and Nerd! Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, where you can support the show, and we thank you for your support, uh, each and every one of you, and you get bonus content, a whole RSS feed full of bonus mini reviews. First of all, I gotta say thank you to listener, Patreon supporter, Jose Ibarra. Jose. Jose, this week, increased his support by $10. Oh, shit. He went from $20 a month to $30 a month, Jose. Oh, my God. Wow. Can't thank you enough. He is loving all the bonus content. Jose wrote, commented, he wrote it, he said, worth every penny with all the extra content, your crazy asses are keeping me from going crazy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Good to hear, because... The three of us have been filing what we're calling Corona Binge Reports. They're real quick, short, bonus, random movie reviews of random movies. Uh, this week, we got a lot of free. We got a lot of paid for. Anthony, why don't you kick it off again? You were just fucking plowing through movies, one left and right. I don't remember what I watched. Um, I'll tell you. Okay, tell me. Free, sponsored by Seth Morgan, Stand By Me. Yes. 
Uh, and then this is when you support, you will get access to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. City of God. Yes. Animal House and Breakfast Club just posted before we started. All movies I've never seen before. I can't believe you've never seen Ferris Bueller, Stand By Me, and Breakfast Club. Oh, shit. Holy I know. Those shit. are like all of our childhood. And Animal right? House. Jesus, fuck. It's amazing. Yeah, I've been on a 70s, 80s classic binge right now. I'm so, so glad you are catching up to movies the, are different, aren't the they? rest of the world. Animal yeah. House, 1978. You can't do anything in that movie now. No. Holy shit. Nothing. Oh, that movie's... Yes. Yeah, that's that's oh, a lewd God. movie. Uh, some more free reviews we have up. So if you want to check out a sample, some of these are free because they were sponsored by our patron, Saint of Awesome. I did one for Limitless with Bradley Cooper about the drug that makes you access your brain. And Rugs files one for Mad Max Fury Road. Indeed. Rugs, you also put up some other great ones. Uh, the Beach Bum. Oh, that's a crazy ass movie. I did not know this was a new Harmony Corrine movie because uh, I, I loved uh, Kids and he's. Oh, my God. Remember Kids? Yeah. We went, oh we went to see Kids in the village in New York when it came out and literally. I was shell shocked by that. But movie. then when you stepped out of the theater, it was like the movie was going on in front of you. Like they, they yeah. nailed it. It was exactly yeah, it, what was, it was going on. Fucking crazy. Yeah. And then I will recommend Rugs. You did a great job. We got a special audio essay from. Uh, rug boy, a uh, rug down on reviewing movies. How you critique movies? Very well done. I recommend. I listened. Oh, to you that. liked it? That yeah. was good. Yeah. No, I didn't know. I was like stoned and rambling. <laughs> it was good. And I was like, that was the best. I don't care. Yes. I think you were you were much more focused and uh, succinct in what you and all your points. Okay. It was there very go. good. I, I didn't know that you guys liked it or it was good. I have no idea I, how it came. It out. was very good. I may add some like production and we could like make it a whole episode on the main feed. Like it's that good. Sure. Of an essay, go for it. Add some stuff and. If you guys want, you know, you can ask me to do all kinds of shit, and I'll do it if I'm stoned enough. <laughs> That's all it takes. Fair enough. Ask me a question, I'll I'll fucking do my best. This is going great. Just get Rug Boy lit, and he will do whatever you want. Find all the details, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Okay. Delhauer. Yes? What the fuck happened to Alien 3? Oh, boy. Let me tell oh, you. Oh, I can't wait. We're going we're gonna to step into the Wayback Machine, and we're going to travel back to 1987, Whoa. where the hair was full of Aquanet, and everybody had shoulder pads, <laughs> and everybody fucking loved cocaine. aliens. Oh, alien. And cocaine. And, well, yes, and cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. Funny <laughs> enough, at least both of these played a role, I think. I thought so. <laughs> so, Aliens was a huge fucking success. Uh, and 20th Century Fox was hot on the idea of wanting to build on this because they initially never wanted to make a sequel to Alien until James Cameron convinced them the best way to make a sequel to Alien is to put more aliens in it. And they said, that's fucking brilliant. And they then moved on to making Aliens. It blew everyone out of the water. So He had some cred. He had made Terminator. Yes, he had made Terminator before that. I don't know how true it is, but I know that Cameron loved to tell the story that the way he pitched Aliens to Fox was he walked into an executive, like a room with several ze- executive producers. He wrote Alien on a ch- on like a board or whatever in front of them, and then just wrote the S on it afterward and like motioned at it of like <laughs> that's my movie. Eh? There you go. Eh? See. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's just like a Hollywood tall tale, but I love that <laughs> yeah, concept. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Yeah. So Fox is super stoked on the idea of making a third Alien movie, 
But Brandywine Productions, who owned the rights, was not exactly all that enthusiastic on the idea. Hmm. Interesting. That wouldn't happen nowadays. Yeah. They, they, it was <laughs> funny enough. It's this weird thing where, like, producers thought they might try too hard and overplay their hand. And they did it anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, mostly because the only way that Brandywine was convinced that they would be able to move forward with doing another Alien movie was, number one, Sigourney Weaver didn't want in. Hmm. She had said that she was more than happy doing potentially a cameo with the film, but she was very unhappy with Fox and uh, I, I guess over uh, situations that had been going on during the making of Aliens. Oh, I know about this. She was pissed that they cut out a lot of key moments um, yep. in Aliens where she's... I've heard Newt. shows that she has a daughter <laughs> yes, and yes, all yes, that yes. stuff. Yeah. That was true, yes. Yep. So yeah, they, they cut out a lot of the character moments for more action. Mm. Right. So she decided, I don't want to be here for three. And they said, okay. At which point, producers Walter Hill and Gordon Carroll with Fox said, okay, here's what we want to do then. We want to make a third Alien movie, and instead of continuing the story of Ellen Ripley, we'd rather then take a look into the terrible, dirty deeds of Waylon Yutani mm. and why they're so dead set on getting the Xenomorph as a biological weapon. Okay. And they brought in famed science fiction novelist William Gibson, Damn. who had previously been known for writing Neuromancer, yeah. to pen the script for the film. And this is the most famous unproduced version of Alien 3. And the reason I wanted to do this, because Dark Horse Comics, two years ago, released a comic book version of William Gibson's script. Oh, shit. Wow, it's probably really good. It is awesome. Hmm. And... Uh, a year after that, last year, Audible released a two-hour-long audio drama yes. version of the script that starred Lance Henriksen and Michael Bean. Yeah, I kind of want to listen to that. That got me excited when it I found that out. phenomenal. Oh, I got to watch that. Is there that. a quick synopsis of what it is? So the quick synopsis, I wrote down the quick synopsis of the four major versions that got written yes. before we got this to the final. so many versions of this movie. So what Jesus I have Christ. is... The most famous version is the one written by William Gibson, author of Neuromancer. In his version, the Sulaco is boarded by space communists <laughs> who are attacked Yay. by a facehugger after the ship flies into their sector of space. Killing the person who is attacked, they steal the remains of Bishop and return to their own uh, ship and leave the Sulaco as it auto-docks at a space station called Anchor Point, owned by Whalen yutani uh, while they're there, Hicks and Newt are woken from cryosleep, but something had gone wrong with Ripley's pod, and she falls into a coma. Members of the Whalen yutani company make their way to the station because they are told that alien tissue had been found on the Sulaco and plan to gain use of it in order to try and build their own xenomorphs out of it. This then creates an airborne mutagen that can turn people into xenomorphs, Whoa. essentially by them breathing it in. Oh, shit. Wow. This then turns into a story in which Hicks has to try and help the people of this station escape these aliens with help from the space communists because Waylon yutani has doomed them all to death. I bet Michael Bean loved this version of this movie. You bet your ass. He's he in it. And wasn't it uh, originally, didn't he plan it like a two-part where Ripley would come back? In the, in the, the second part of it was that Ripley would wake up and it would be about them in like the, the communist space uh, or whatever. After that whole situation had happened, yes. Hmm. This was w very well received. Everyone very much liked it, except some of the producers. 
Although 20th Century Fox was skeptical about the idea, they agreed to finance the development of the story, but had asked Walter Hill to attempt to get Ridley Scott to read uh, to direct Alien 3. And none of this made it into the final movie. Anything from no, the script, right? Nothing from this script made it into the final film. Uh, because along the way, I think they had a falling out with William Gibson. Mm. Um, and they initially were trying, once uh, uh, Ridley Scott said no, they wanted to get Rennie Harlan to direct oh, it. Oh, boy. Oh, yep. no. Yep. Yep. No. After both of them had fallen out, they decided that they didn't want to maintain any use of those specific of that specific movie. So they then instead went to Eric Hill. No, Eric Red. Eric sorry. Red, yes. Another guy. Eric Red, who uh, had written such horror films as The Hitcher and Near Dark, Ooh. decided to write a version of Alien 3 that he dubbed Alien World, in which all three characters... Well, I guess technically four from the previous Aliens movie would die off screen in the opening. What? As we Again? happened to see happen. Yeah. Instead, the movie would follow a man named Sam Smith, a soldier who had Great been working singer. with. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All the a kids soldier who had been one of the ones to discover the Sulaco flying out in space and was the only surviving member of his crew that was attacked by a xenomorph that had stowed away on the ship. So just some random dude is now the lead in this one. Some random dude. Gotcha. He wakes up on a space station called North Star, which is a uh, major space station that includes such things as a giant domed rural town floating out in the middle of space. Whoa. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Haunted- Haunted by dreams of the attack against his crew, he then decides to head out and find out what is going on at North Star and discovers that the military, with use of Weyland Yutani, had taken the Sulaco, taken the alien, and were using it in an attempt to breed various versions of xenomorphs by mixing it with other host animals. Whoa. This was the version that gave birth to the infamous xenomorph chicken idea oh xenomorph chicken sounds tasty what are the fucking drumsticks on that thing <laughs> but there's got 10 of them oh it's so um <laughs> he wrote this version it was rejected wasn't there also a zero gravity sex scene in this version i think there was a, there might have been a zero gravity sex scene i believe there was also a zero gravity gunfight oh i want to see both of those um <laughs> both of which i guess you can you can see on the expanse oh yeah that's right um, this, they did not want this. Another. <laughs> okay. Let's try again. That, that one got dumped and they decided to go ahead and find somebody else to write. So next writer to come in, weirdly enough, David Tui. Yeah. Oh, that's from Chronicles of Riddick. Who, w- who many people would not know for another 13 years until he put out Pitch Black starring Vin Diesel. Hmm. Tui's version was one of the two scripts that actually would lead to the uh, version of the film that we all know. He had written a version of the story in which a prison moon, or sorry, a prison satellite orbiting Earth is essentially a foundry that creates iron ingots that are then fired from a cannon on the planet down to the Earth that wash up on the, in the China Sea. What the fuck? Uh, I guess for manufacturing purposes. Okay. But this is another one that does not feature any of the characters from the previous film and instead follows several prisoners who had just been transferred here as they discover that down in the basement of this area lives one of the xenomorph aliens. And again, this prison, I guess, is part of like a weird experiment thing for Whalen yutani This script was actually fairly well received and was ready to be moving forward 
until Uh-oh. Sigourney Weaver decided she was more than willing to come back. Oh, son of a bitch. Now she wants in. And she wants in because she said she'd come back if she also got a producer credit on the film. Which she does. <laughs> she would only come back if she was allowed to produce it to make sure that the character of Ellen Ripley was handled correctly. She had a lot of crazy uh, demands in her writer and contract, too. So for that fact, Fox then decided to reach out to Vincent Ward to write the fourth major version of Alien 3. Jesus, fuck, at least we got to a prison and now a name that actually gets a credit. So, Vincent Ward wrote a version in which the Salako would crash land on a satellite monastery out in, uh, out in space, being run by monks who had sworn off of technology. Oh. And the satellite itself was made almost entirely of wood and glass. So there's this wood thing in space? Yes. What the fuck? Okay. That sounds retarded. That sounds plausible. <laughs> he crafted the idea for this story on a plane ride from London to L.A., He's drunk. Because they had asked him to come in and pitch a version of Alien 3. Jeez. So I'm assuming five airplane bottles of yeah, vodka. Easily. And at least two bags of peanuts later, he comes up with wooden satellite <laughs> and space held, you know, held together by monks. They're monks. But this is also the first version that deals with Ellen Ripley as being the main character. Yeah. It also deals with an entirely male-run station inter- uh, interacting with the first woman they have seen in years. One of the major things from this version of the script that came along was that it built on the idea that these monks believe Ripley to be a test from God mm. in order to essentially prove themselves to be uh, chastened. Mm. Worthy. Yeah. Uh, worthy. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and believe that the alien xenomorph that is attacking them is, in fact, the devil punishing them for their sexual desires for her. Wow. Hmm. This actually was the version of the film that they were going to move ahead with filming. Ward was going to direct it, and they had brought in another name. I have to look it up again because I don't remember it all. They offhand. started building the sets, the wooden uh, monastery They started building the wooden sets. monastery sets, yep. uh, and they brought in... Where is his name? Larry Ferguson? I th- yes, I believe you're right. He came on to write the actual screenplay of it, which... Sigourney Weaver hated. <laughs> she said that she felt his version of Ripley sounded like an angry gym teacher and did not actually appreciate the way that he wrote the character. At which point, oh no, John John Fasano was who they oh, brought Fasano, on. Fasano, yes, he was there. Yes. Uh at which point they decided to do one more run through of a rewrite in which Walter Hill the Warriors, right? Yes, Walter Hill uh from the Warriors who was also producer throughout this whole entire thing. Yeah. Was it was tasked with him and I believe the other producer, or is it? What's his name? Dave Geiler. Uh, Gordon, Gordon Carroll. Sure. I think. Oh no, no, Dave Geiler. Geiler you're right. Dave Geiler. Uh, Dave Geiler and Walter Hill then did their own rewrite in which they took uh, Ward's concept about the monastery and Tui's idea about the prison, slammed them together, <laughs> and we got the Alien Three that we know it's now. It's never good when you got producers fucking just. Frankensteining scripts together. Also, I heard that no weapons was a demand from Sigourney, as well as some other weird things. Uh, actually, I did not see that. I think I saw hmm. that somewhere. Uh, but yes, uh, Ferguson was then brought on as well as a script doctor in order to help out. Uh, and you know what? You're a right. Script doctor. Nice. Uh, Ferguson. Script Ferguson doctor. was the one that she didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, uh, Walter Hill, David Geiler made their final version of it in which they slammed two versions of this movie together. 
and they moved forward after also securing up-and-coming music video director David Fincher to finally be the one behind the camera. If Fincher then would go on to do even more work on the screenplay along with Rex Pickett, an author who he's friends with, uh, <laughs> and then Pickett got fired. Of course. <laughs> but his name is still on the final draft of the screenplay. Oh, jeez. Fincher initially had approached them about trying to get Gary Oldman to play one of the main characters in the film. Oh. I believe he wanted him to play Charles Dance's oh, role. Oh, okay. Clemens, yeah. But he was busy with something else, and they couldn't secure him. I don't think it would have made a big difference. No, they're both, no honestly, be the same thing. This, this would have been a blemish on Gary Oldman's record yes. as well. Charles <laughs> Dance is like, just forget about this movie. I wasn't in it. Um, so they, uh, in January of 91, they started filming uh, out in England. at Or no, it was in, uh, oh yeah, Northumberland, UK at Pinewood Studios. Northumberland, Northumberland. shout out! nerd! <laughs> And while it's filming, there's not really a lot of stories that came out of actually filming the, the movie, other than the fact that the initial cinematographer had to quit the movie after two weeks because he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Whoa. Oh, jeez. Uh, the only real other story that came along was, uh, I think a couple of years later, Charles Dance had said that there is an alternate ending to this film that yep. they had made. Yep. Because they were very worried that people would think it was too similar to Terminator 2. Yeah, and mm. I, I believe they were rewriting, like, the, so they started building the sets for the monastery, and then the production was shut down for, like, three months, and then the people making the creatures didn't know what was going on, and then all of that got changed to a prison, so they had to incorporate all the money that they spent. I mean, the the sets are quite amazing. The production yes, design a, a is lot great. of a lot of the sets, the reason... Why there are so many sets in this movie that look like they're the exact same place is because they are. Yeah. Because so much money had already been pumped into building sets for the the wooden monastery yeah. concept yeah. that they could not get more money out of Fox to then transfer that over into being the prison. And the problem with the end, this that whole third act is you're never sure where everyone is in relation to other people. I could never get a lay of like what is the f- structure? Like well, how is this yeah. place laid out? To to the, to the point where there's only one time in the whole movie where you actually see a map of this place. Oh yeah. And it's her backlighting it yes. while laying it on yes. top of a grid. Yeah, so you're like so that you have no idea what you're looking at. No. But yeah, I heard they were rewriting the script as he was shooting. They didn't have a script at the beginning, and pages would come in all the time, and Fincher's trying to put his ideas in. And he said, literally, the producers would come to him first after every take instead of the actors, and they were just standing around fucking uh, directing over his shoulder and making changes, and he's fighting for his choices. It sounded like a fucking nightmare. Yep. This is the problem. Honestly... This is exactly what Josh, Josh Trank went through yeah. with uh, Fantastic Four. Only Fincher wasn't getting unbelievably drunk and destroying people's houses at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trank's got uh, a movie coming out now. He's fine. I, I, you know what? I'm actually really interested in seeing it. Yeah, it's Tom it Hardy really? playing Al Capone. Oh, that's play. Josh Trank? Yes. And that's Trank. Oh, oh, no kidding. And it's, it's, I saw I, the trailer. I'm excited because it's not just Al Capone. It's old syphilitic Al Capone. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. He looks like shit. It's going to go straight to VOD so we can all I watch mean, it. I mean, I like Chronicle. Yeah. Yeah. So. But anyway, so we were talking earlier about why did all of the effects look so fucking awful? Holy crap. They're shitty. Part of it is because when you look at aliens, not only did they have a shit ton of money, but they also had Stan Winston doing special effects. Yeah. 
Winston couldn't make it for this one. Nope. And I think it's because he was still working with uh, Cameron on Terminator 2 oh, probably. in post-production. Yeah. Instead of Winston, he recommended Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Gillis, okay. who both had worked with him previously on other projects. Uh, the practical effects crew was developing models for the alien before they had started actually doing production on the or principal photography. But as Imran said... This was in the midst of them rewriting the script before they even got into the movie. <laughs> so there were various versions of the alien, as well as, say, the destroyed uh, Sulaco crew members yep. that they didn't know what they were using. They wound up Fincher. One of the few ideas he was able to actually get into the film was the idea of doing the four legged, as he put it, Puma like beast of an alien. And because they were short on time and short on money, they figured one of the best ways that they could go about animating it was instead of doing a full-on stop-motion animation, it was having Woodruff Jr. in a suit and using a rod puppet that they filmed in front of a blue screen that they would then rotoscope into live-action shots. Really badly. You know, what's what's interesting about that is I actually like the idea of the alien changing forms based on who it infects. Yeah, that's different. They just couldn't... They just couldn't execute it running no when no. they show it no. with with this puppet it takes you right out of the movie the other problem is if you at least through the version that i saw if you notice there is never once a full shot of the creature that is not the puppet right. uh, yeah. rotoscope yeah exactly yeah. it's constantly just like the head or the shoulders or flailing arms and a tail coming out of smoke yeah it, it's doing the same exact things it did in alien the first yes. one yeah but the problem with that is Ridley Scott knew what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. He was one man with a vision and no money. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to make it fucking happen. <laughs> well, there's also one problem I noticed, too. I, I like the point of view shots and I like the that it's, you know, it comes out of a dog and it's built more like a like a cougar or feline or whatever or dog. But that scene where it's chasing everyone prior to that, it's been established that this thing can move pretty quickly. Yeah. So the fact that these guys are kind of outrunning this for a little bit doesn't seem to add up to the rules that this it's, movie established. It's, yeah, yeah it, is, it is odd that because it has four legs, it absolutely should outrun them. Right. The fact that it doesn't is either playing on the idea that it's toying with them because they establish later on that it's smart enough to not go into the main chamber when it thinks it's being trapped. Right. But it's also stupid enough to immediately follow after Ripley when he thinks she's being attacked yeah. because, well, he's still a dog alien. <laughs> That's my queen. <laughs> Yeah, very inconsistent. But the another issue that they had with a lot of the sets that they had to build was because of it took four to six people to operate parts of the alien puppet. Yeah. They needed to build sets that they could freely get those people moving around in yeah, to yeah, make it work. Yeah. I like the sets. They're just confusing. And brown. And brown. So, <laughs> brown. so brown. Also, around this time, uh, Delhauer, I saw they put out a promo. I think it was in 91 or 92 where they said the alien was going to come to Earth. Oh, shit. They said nobody in, oh, yeah. in, in, yes, they had. And nobody in space can hear you scream, but on Earth, everyone can hear you scream. And that this happened. was because this was when they initially wanted to move forward with uh, David Toohey's idea. David Toohey and Rennie Harlan version. Because the David Toohey, Rennie Harlan version would see in the third act, the alien would get aboard one of the ships fleeing from the prison satellite, making its way back to Earth. And the fight and the finale of the movie would take place with the alien running amok on Earth before they killed they, it. Do we still never? Did they ever come to Earth on any of these fucking movies? AVP. 
Oh, that doesn't well, count. Yes. I'm not uh, counting that. In the, in the AVP movies they did, uh, they almost did in uh, Resurrection right. before she killed it. Because it Which, was funny enough, the idea of something being sucked out of the bulkhead of a ship through a tiny hole yeah, that's every, was from David Toohey's uh, script for this movie. That's the end of every Aliens movie, is it gets sucked out of a hole. Can you remind me in the fourth one how the fuck they got Ripley back in it? Oh. Uh, clones. Yeah, clones. Oh, they were they fuck. were looking to clone her because Ugh. they they wanted to clone her because if they clone her, weird science, they would also in by cloning her recreate the alien queen that was inside her to then reproduce these weapons. It was something to do with the Ooh. the cat scan data from the ship or something. I don't remember. I know we're talking about Alien Three, but I just want to ask a quick question about Alien Resurrection. Okay, <laughs> was the hybrid alien? At the end of the movie, that was part of Sigourney Weaver. Did it have Bush? <laughs> what? Uh, I do what? not remember. I don't remember if it had Bush. I remember it had, I think nostrils, it had nostrils, and that was fucking weird. I think it had genitalia. I think it had a dick. Alien penis? I just remember there being Bush. I don't know if I'm right or wrong on this one. I, no, I, 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 I do not remember Google at all. Alien xenomorph vagina Bush. Hold on. See I'm going to do it pops now. up. Uh, it's got no, no. I, I'm looking at yeah. it. It has a vagina. It does. Yeah, but it doesn't have any bush. No, it doesn't have. A, it has a vagina though. It has a it has a vagina and a penis. So even in space, it has both. Pubic hair is not welcome. I just remember there was something to do with pubes in it. It it does in fact have a giant stomach vagina. Wait, yeah. but it yes. can fuck itself. I don't know if I maybe I I didn't see there maybe that's not <laughs> a that's my Mandela effect I just I just covered that disgusting thing with pews <laughs> so to like not remember the oh, it was giant. awful that was awful I, so I want to uh, comment a little bit on this assembly cut because look David Fincher's first almost last movie after this he goes back to directing music videos he's like fuck this and I was gonna say I think he went back to music videos for like another four yes, years after will, this he doesn't make his next movie which is seven until 1995 oh, shit. and it is an amazing movie and then he goes on to make the game fight club panic room zodiac social network girl with a dragon tattoo uh gone girl uh, he's done so he's He's an amazing director. The first director. two seasons of Mindhunter on Mind Netflix. Hunter is very good. He directed that. He's working on something called Mank. I don't know what that is. But Fincher, luckily, can can bounce back and uh, and have an amazing career. He's I love. He's one of my favorite directors. You knew ben, Benjamin Button, too? Uh, did he do Benjamin Button? I don't, I don't think. Oh, think he did. So. That was him. Did. That was right after okay. Zodiac. Zodiac and then The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, then Social Network. So this assembly cut that came out in 2003, he also kind of disregards, but they attempted to bring it closer to his vision. And there are some major differences and additions that help the flow of this movie. For example, the opening is completely different. Uh, there's an extended opening. You see actually shots of the prison planet and uh, Ripley washes on shore and Charles dances out there and he sees her. And they establish the lice right away. She's covered in lice uh, and they talk about the lice. So there's more about that. So that the whole the whole opening is different. There's a beach scene and you kind of get the layout of the prison. Uh, the the other big difference was Gallic, Paul McGann's character it, it, that, you know, that plan they had to lock the thing in that waste dump. They actually do that. There's a whole the extended version is. Uh, somebody runs in, sacrifices himself. That Xenomorph follows him. They lock it in, and this is like right in the middle of the movie. They have the thing locked down. They're waiting. 
They're trying to figure out how to kill it. Golic, all crazy and hopped up, and he's looking like when he attacked uh, Clemens in the infirmary, he goes up and he looks at the blood dripping, and he's like, beautiful. So he escapes from the infirmary. He worships the creature and sets it free. Oh, shit. And gets eaten, and that's how it gets out again. So that whole scene mm. is, is cut out. Well, the, also, I'd throw in that the assembly cut, I know this because I saw it on YouTube. Yeah. The alien births from a, like a, a cow. Oh, that's another ox. different thing. Yes, there's no dog. They're pulling in an ox because in the beginning, you see they have these oxes that they use to pull the EEV in. In this, in the, in the theatrical cut, you see a crane. But in the assembly cut, they use ox uh, to move things. And it comes out of this giant ox and runs off. And it's actually... The effects aren't that bad. It's kind of a cool shot because you see the full puppy alien like run off. You get a clear shot of it. I also think the concept with the ox pulling the the EEV in yeah. was initially there because it was filmed for the other the, version, uh, monastery, the version. monastery version. Yes, mm. and then a huge uh, change at the end. Ripley's sacrifice originally planned. She falls in. This is what you were saying, Rugs. She doesn't do the Christ pose in the theatrical cut. She does the Christ pose in the assembly cut, and the alien does not come out. She just falls into the fire. And I kind of like this because this leaves you wondering, like, could she have been saved? Could they have removed? Could they have done the abortion on the alien and still saved her if she didn't jump? Well, was it coming out? You don't know. She just falls in arms straight out into the fire. So and then they had to go back. And the other thing I read was they she didn't want to shave her head because she, she shaved her head once for the reshoots. She's like, I'll shave it again. That'll be forty thousand dollars. Oh, shit. <laughs> They're like, you know what? Let's for 16 grand. I can make you an amazing bald cap with stubble. So the reshoots they put on and you can't tell it's really well done. They had to use a bald cap and some of the promotional materials they shot. She's wearing a bald cap and she's not shaved. So. The last little note that I had about uh, the production of it yeah. was the uh, wreck, the wrecked version of Bishop that she co- uh, has a conversation with while she's trying to play back the, the tape from the crash. Yeah. A full animatronic puppet that they built that they puppeted through the table and they had a playback on set of Lance Henriksen's lines that they then just mimicked with the mouth of the, the uh, robot. Whoa. Wow. That's that was, cool. That was insane. That, that, that's yeah. crazy that they were able to pull that off. Yeah, but the fucking rotoscope. The alien. <laughs> the alien looks like. <laughs> that was the most memorable thing yeah. that I think yeah. that I remember from when I saw yeah. it the first you time. To see was Bishop. Like, oh, that looked cool. Yeah. And I think, in all honesty, I can only imagine this had to be one of the first things that they shot because it looks amazing. Yeah, and then everything great. else looks terrible. Yeah. So you're like, oh, yeah. this was when they still had money. Yeah, so then they ran out. <laughs> uh, the assembly cut also gives you, you learn more of, about the characters and it fleshes out. You got a lot more rock giving like sermons to calm everyone down. There's more character development of the fucking random people. You even see more of why they were wandering through the tunnel. There's like an added scene. So I would recommend someone, if you kind of like this movie, check out the assembly cut. It, you might like it better and just like aliens aliens had an amazing director's cut that that added to it but that movie is just fucking a masterpiece either way you look at it unlike this it's not the worst movie i've ever seen but i was very disappointed when i saw it i remember that being in the theater going holy shit i just i watched i think i watched aliens like a week before i I saw this in the theater because i wanted to see it again yeah 
Lame. Holy shit. I think it's it's rough. When you make the transition from Aliens to Alien 3, it just, it has this very weird, disconnected feeling. Whereas, like, you you can get so engrossed in Aliens, and Alien 3 feels very unapproachable. So you think that this is better than Resurrection? I do. I think so, too. I don't remember Resurrection at all. I just remember Winona Ryder Ryder. being... In it. I remember the alien rubbing her face against Ripley, all sexy and sensual. Yeah, I re- and I remember that um, the guy from City of Lost Children, Amelie, directed that movie, and then he never did an action movie again. Oh, it was uh, wasn't Ron Perlman in that? Was- Ron Perlman, yeah, 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 yeah. wasn't it? The yeah. direction was interesting because it was that French guy. Yeah, who did it was like a, it was like a weird dark comedy almost. Yeah. I didn't like Alien Resurrection. I, I mean, I'm with you, Anthony. This movie, I thought was going to be worse than I thought when I watched it again. And I'm like, it's okay. It's not the worst. Like, there's a lot of interesting things. I there's feel a like lot I of like Resurrection better things. than this. Really? <laughs> I feel like I do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just because I like the, the French filmmaker. I think he makes great movies. I don't know why. I Maybe the script is really bad. I don't remember. I haven't watched it in a while. Script is really bad. Uh, yeah, well, the script, <laughs> the script for Resurrection is very bad because it, just the the initial reasoning as to why Ripley is even there doesn't make sense. She's a clone, right? Yeah, it's it's there's there's bunch of clones. They're transporting her over to Earth, I guess, because that's their job. So ultimately, they're trying to make it like this crew is a new version of the crew from the Nostromo, right? But the ship design was so weird. I hated watching the aliens swim. Like that just annoyed oh, me. Yeah. It is a it is an interesting movie to look at, though. Yeah, the, the fact that they they decided, oh, we're gonna reveal like in the last third. Uh, by the way, Winona Ryder was a, a an android. Okay, <laughs> uh, that only comes into play once when she's like, oh, I'll hack into this door by shoving my arm into it. Was Bishop in that one? No, 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 Bishop. no Bishop. I just remember when I went to see that. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, they finally got a director that knows what the fuck he's doing. And now, that guy, now David Fincher is the director yes. to fucking talk about. And the other guy is just making French movies. I do also think it's funny. Um, Alien Resurrection comes out a year after uh, Escape from L.A. And both of them involve the main actor in the movie making impossible basketball shots. <laughs> no look. <laughs> Skyhook. I do remember that in Alien Resurrection. Uh, weird. Yeah, because she's part alien, so I guess she's just immensely athletic now. The thing that I loved was uh, the story off of that one was that apparently they had to cut the take right after that because they they got it. It's in the can. We have it on film that she did it, but they had to cut directly after that moment because they immediately then had Rod Perlman go, no fucking way. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get that. Should we rate the movie? Um, sure sure out of 10 hmm fuck um let's go i'm gonna go like a six and a half six and a half okay yeah all right not not bad anthony uh like five and a half or six probably probably like let's go 5.75 okay i like that (laughs) i like those decimals rugs I'm going to say five. All right. It's a movie. That's like a movie. There's a beginning, middle, and end, sort of. Yeah. Uh, Delhauer. I agree with Ruggs. I put it at five. It's it's a movie you can watch. Yeah. Yeah. And That's the, fair. But the, listen, great job on the research. The backstory is, I mean, is so the interesting. The Bishop thing is the only thing that, that elevates it at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, that's. I think that's the way I look at it is this has a moment in it, at least, that feels feels genuine and feels like it at least connects it to the rest of them. 
while there are moments that I can remember from the other Alien movies that came after this, absolutely none of them felt like they're connected yeah. to the series. Well, it has some iconic scenes and memorable moments that stick out when you think of this movie. But wow, poor David Fincher. Again, I will, you know, it's sad these these franchises that we love that are trying to get back to uh, glory and they never will like Terminator Aliens Predator we've seen all these shitty movies well movies will never get made again so well nobody's because nobody can see them and uh, nobody's making movies well, yeah, and you yeah. can't shoot I mean, them art, art is dead and nothing is real yeah it's, <laughs> that's probably art. but if you want good alien shit I, again recommend that audio uh, the audible audio drama William Gibson's Alien 3 script and for all of these Terminator Predator Aliens the good stories are in the comic books people Check out some of the comic book stories uh, from Dark Horse for these properties. There's some great stories that use the the franchise and the world building properly. In that same vein, apparently back in the 80s, now this isn't really tied to, to Alien specifically, but apparently back in the 80s, they made a three, like a trilogy of comics that were a sequel to John Carpenter's The Thing Ooh. that apparently are actually really good. Wow, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, comics in the 80s were fucking good, man. That's all I'm saying. That's when they still gave a fucking shit. That's right. Yeah. That's when there's still some integrity. That was before Layfield came. That's <laughs> before the fucking... <laughs> shoulder pads and pouches. Before the... Shoulder, shoulder pads, pouches, and everything had a hologram uh, cover. And no feet. Yeah, and everybody was clenched teeth screaming. Yes, every, <laughs> every muscle is tightened and ready to go. Uh, Delhauer, thanks again for the, your research information. Very well done. Uh, I, it's a fascinating story. Tell the listener what you're up to, where they can find you. Listener, you may not believe this, what? and that's fine. I get it. But the Ginger Geek Pod will be back. What? Really? What? Oh, shit. I am stuck in my house. What the fuck else am I going to do? Yeah. It's about time I actually put some work Start in. Start cranking yeah, out some it. episodes. <laughs> Don't worry if they're perfect. Just done is better than perfect. It's it's coming back. Within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have at least one out. That's awesome. I've got a couple of ideas, so I'm not going to say anything yet. But I will say, if you like the actor Alex Winter, yes. then you're going to like one of the things that I make. <laughs> uh, okay. Where can people find this? Uh well I don't have a website anymore because nice. I stopped I stopped making a oh, fucking podcast shit. so I got rid of the website. Uh but uh, anywhere that you can download podcasts like iTunes, Stitcher, it's still there. You don't need the site. Uh, yeah. It yeah, it's still up there. You can still find the podcast itself. You can find me on Twitter uh either personally at mdelhauervo or uh the podcast itself at gngrgeekpod. Uh, as well as on Facebook, the Ginger Geek Podcast uh, site is still there. I have not updated it yet, but I haven't had anything to say. So once new things come along, new things will be posted, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy. It's a great time for the listener to catch up on your old episodes. Exactly. There's only eight of them, and I think one of them is like four minutes. So <laughs> you, you go. got time. Bingeable. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, thanks for gracing us for your presence on a What the Fuck Happened. That feels special. Yes, absolutely. This is a special I'm one. Glad to be here, guys. It took only a terrible pandemic to get you to sit <laughs> yep. down and talk to us. Otherwise, he'd be out chasing <laughs> yeah, he, tail. He's like, wait, well, listen, I could be going out and looking at boobs, <laughs> or I could be talking to Matt Della. <laughs> got no choice. No, you don't. This is perfect. Show Tony You're your boobs. You're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it. Yes, we all did. Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter at really Rugboy, where I'm not really doing that much right now. The pandemic's got me. I don't know. Hey, I just, I, 
I just yell about Trump being liars. Have a conversation with uh, Rugboy on the Twitters, listener. He'll he'll appreciate it. Check out the show notes for this episode, jockandnerd.com slash 324. It'll have links to all the bullshit we talked about, how to subscribe, how to support the show, share it, tweet it out, Facebook it to all your aliens friends. We'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. My balls was hot. My balls are crazy. crazy. I love this movie. Get the fuck out of here.